The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, 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 hoop ball listeners and Mavs Nation. We are back at it. For all that may have or may have not seen the game, the Dallas Mavericks have now been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Final score, LA Clippers 111, Dallas Mavericks 97. And we'll just get into a little recap as this was a game that the Dallas Mavericks, you know, it was all stacked against them to lose. They gave it a good fight, but ultimately they just lost to a superior team. There's no real way to slice that other than to state the obvious. And so we'll get into it a little bit. Um, again, my name is Lawrence Brooks here with you for all hoop ball listeners and Dallas Mavericks nation. Um, disappointing game overall for the supporting cast, which is really the biggest factor going into today's game. I know I mentioned if you guys were following me live tweeting at hoop ball Mavs, I spoke on Luka Doncic needing to establish a tempo and keeping that going for a game because the one of the one of his rare attributes is being able to control a game with his tempo and that was major in his game four victory or should I say the Dallas Mavericks game four victory is that he just established a flow that was very conducive to the Dallas Mavericks offense not to mention they were making shots very opposite as to what was happening today. Um, they needed big contributions from guys because obviously Kristaps Porzingis, he was out for the rest of the series, not able to play. Um, knee is um, bothering him. He's actually tore his, tore his meniscus. And so he was shelved for the rest of the season, which meant a lot of this game was going to depend on how Luka performed and what he could get going for his teammates. Um, the three ball really big factor for the Mavericks. And today it just was not in their favor. They shot 29% from three overall 11 for 37 from the three point line for a team like them that shoot the three ball at a high rate. That's just not going to get it done. And they, at one point they missed 12 straight threes. Mind you, um, that has been well documented for me talking about it and Anyone who follows the Dallas Mavericks, they also aren't the best defensive team while also being decimated on the front line and not being able to bother teams at the rim as much as they would like. And so you couple that with the fact that Luka really didn't find his way until after half, even though he had 22 points at halftime or excuse me, he had 15 at halftime. But it was just one of those games where where he just couldn't find a flow that was consistent with being able to get back on defense and get stops because again if you are taking the ball out of the basket it makes it a lot tougher to get in the transition obviously and on the flip side of that the Dallas Mavericks are able to get back on defense and set up locate men and communicate that was not the case today as they were missing left and right long rebounds lead to long opportunities and transition and it just and it was just a snowball effect. I mean, they were just running in quicksand trying to get back into this game. Um, they started out the game with three turnovers in the first three minutes, and and for this team, they have to keep they have to keep turnovers at a minimum. 
And they typically do. They're not a team that turns the ball over a great deal, but usually in their wins, their their turnovers are, are low. They stay below 11 or 12. But when they're losing, they're usually more than 14 or 15. And so to start the game out that way, it really put them in a position to where you could just tell that they were going to need to turn it around quickly. That was not a good start to the game. Not to mention, um, a lot of what I've seen in today's game was Dallas allowing the Mavs, or excuse me, Dallas allowing the Clippers to play one-on-one with Kawhi Leonard. And if he's going to see one-on-one coverage, he's going to get extremely comfortable. You know, Maxi Kleba, he's a he's a solid defender, but you can't count on him to consistently stop Kawhi Leonard or make it tough on him. You have to force the ball out of his hands, make some other guys um, control the game or make plays or make decisions that they're not accustomed to making because he is their number one option. He is the top scorer on their team, and he is the guy that, that stirs the drink for them. So don't give him easy opportunities because once he sees the ball goes through the basket, it just gets progressively easier for him throughout the game. And I just didn't understand why they would do that knowing that he is a guy who can get it going quickly and it i could see if you do it where you want to try it out and see if maxi can get the best of him on a few series and maybe he misses a few and now he's out of rhythm but if he makes a couple you have to now decide to do something different and the mavs just they they were hesitant on doing that and i wanted to see that a little earlier in the game which could have helped some of the deficiencies they have on the defensive end granted you still have to rotate and communicate and get out on shooters and defend other positions but you can't let the number one option get comfortable and start to make plays while you're also a struggling defense um in the first half maxi and dorian two of the guys that are basically their defensive players were two of their main contributors i mean maxi had eight points two rebounds one assist at half Dorian Finney-Smith had 10 points, three rebounds, one assist at half. And, you know, that that was kind of the bright spot in terms of, okay, you get some contributions from some unlikely suspects, but it's a pleasant surprise because you definitely want to see those guys have success. And you would think to yourself as a coaching staff, you know, our others will come along. So you were looking for Seth Curry and Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. to at some point get going, but... Also with Tim, I mean, with Kristaps being down, that now propels Tim Hardaway Jr. to be the second leading scorer. And he was anything but that today. I mean, he was struggling mightily from the field, couldn't get anything to go. He ended this game with 10 points. But throughout the game, I mean, he didn't even make his first three until seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's just not going to cut it for a team that's trying to stage an upset. He would have had to be a lot more effective, and he just could not find his way. I mean, for a guy that can get hot and is really streaky and can really, you know, a guy that can score in the mid-20s and even give you a a game 30-plus, he just did not have it going today. And it was was very um, obvious on the offensive end as they struggled to get anything going outside of outside of Luca. Then when you couple that with the fact that Seth and Trey both were in single digits when you need you need those spark plugs to really show up in a game like this where you're looking from for scoring from 
anyone else besides Luca. I mean, especially guys who who have the capability of getting going. I honestly felt like a little bit of a little bit of today's game was Seth Curry getting a bad deal in terms of looks. I think they could have done a better job manufacturing looks for him and also locating him because there were just times where he was open and he just didn't get the ball or it didn't swing one more time in his in his direction. He's a, he's probably their second best three point. As a matter of fact, he is their best three point shooter on the team. But in terms of getting shots from the three point line, if it's not Luca, it should definitely be Seth Curry. If he's on the floor, they should be making a concerted effort to get him the ball and get him looks. No reason why he should not go down, you know, in a game where you don't have Kristaps Porzingis. He should have at least 10 attempts from the field. And it's it's not something that you, you know, you go into the game, maybe you're not thinking that that's what he should be doing. But in my mind, I'm thinking that you should be doing everything you can to get him going. He was three for seven from the field. And he should have had a lot more attempts than that, especially when you consider the fact that Maxi shot the ball 10 times. Trey shot the ball 10 times. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith shot the ball 11 times. And I mean, these are guys that aren't better scores than him necessarily, especially from the three. And he just did not have a lot of opportunity today. So I can't tell if he was off more so than just a lack of opportunity. Um, same with Trey Burke. I mean, a lot of times they cut off his path to the basket. I mean, he did have 10 attempts, but he didn't even make anything until the fourth quarter. And his his presence on the offensive end was almost invisible for the game. And when th- when that happens, it's going to be extremely tough to win a basketball game. I mean, the I know offense comes and goes and you want to hang your hat on defense. But for a team like this, their offense is their defense. And they just were struggling to get things going. And I would have loved to see them utilize Trey Burke in the pick and roll a little more to see him to try to get him downhill. But again, the clip give credit to the Clippers. They did a good job of trying to squeeze the lane in, make him see bodies and and not allow easy looks or for him to get downhill making shots like he has been for the series or just getting in the lane, making things happen um, like he's like he was doing previous times. So, you know, all around, just not a great effort offensively. And that was really a, a big reason for them struggling to even stay in this game. They made a run at it. But ultimately, you know, as you're watching the game, you're you're thinking to yourself, they're going to have to make a lot more shots, a lot more consistently than they are if they're going to try to pull this out. Before I continue, let me. Um, give you a brief word from our sponsor, Manscaped. 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of our control. But I know one thing we can control, and that's manscaping. I mean, we all can. We should all still continue to keep ourselves up, regardless if we're um, confined to being in the house more times than not. But still, you want to keep yourself up, up and looking great, regardless, because self-care is great care. Um, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Um, and then also their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on yourself down low. Nobody wants nicks and tugs. The last place you want to have a cut is below the belt. And that's something that this ceramic blade and the skin safe technology does a great job of avoiding. Also, the Lawnmower 3.0 is 
is waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, however you want to. No reason why you should be shaving in the dark or taking a shower in the dark, but sometimes if you want to have a candlelight shower, that's not bad. But overall, it's great that you can use it in the shower and that it's waterproof because that means you do not have to do anything prior to getting in the shower. And if you want to just handle it all at one time, that is great. Um, in fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off free shipping with the code man at manscape.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscape.com. Use code XXX. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and start shaving. So again, that's manscaped manscape.com. Everyone should be manscaping. So, um, for the Mavs, I think now that they've been eliminated, I think some of the obvious things that we should be looking forward to is the offseason. And the, the biggest thing that they need to do is get healthy. Chris Stapps has to get healthy, and he has to be a guy that is contributing all year next year. They cannot have him out at the most pivotal times. And it seems like most of the beginning of the year, he was trying to ramp himself up, get going, um, try to get back acclimated to the game. And he just really didn't have his his legs up under him. And sometimes these knee injuries take a little longer to get over than than others. But for him, that's kind of what you got the gist of at the beginning of the season. But once they got to the playoffs and, you know, obviously with the stoppage and then the start back and being in the bubble, he was averaging 30 and 10. He was looking like the Porzingis of old, but then he tore his knee. And they are just going to have they're going to have to be able to rely on him at this point. That's two knee injuries. And he's going to start to have the 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 injury bug label on his name. And it's going to be a question mark whether or not they can count on him to be there when they really need him. And for a team that's young and for a team that's looking to have a one two punch with him and and Luka Doncic, they're going to need him out on the floor. So that should be priority. Number one is getting him healthy. Also getting Dwight Powell back, a guy who's a very versatile five man who can shoot the three, but it, but can also defend the rim. Those type of guys are very rare around the NBA. And if they can get him back, that will be a big plus. So getting him healthy will be great. And he can also defend multiple positions, an extremely athletic player. So it will be interesting to see how he progresses coming back off of his uh, knee injury or excuse me, Achilles injury. Um, also they need to look in maybe acquiring a third star, an all-star level player would be great for them. Um, I, in a, in a dreamland, Bradley Bill, now Bradley Bill, if he comes to the team, he would probably be their second star and Chris Stapps becomes the third star, but that would be an ideal guy for a team like this that just struggles to get baskets off the bounce outside of Luka Doncic a guy who can create off the bounce outside of Luka Doncic and a guy who can continue to shoot it from three, which Rick Carlisle's system is very big on having three-point shooting and spacing on the floor at all times. So in my dream world, or I guess fantasy, um, my fantasy team, I would love to see Bradley Bill on that team. Now it would take some it's going to take a lot to get him. It's not like he's just on the free agent market and he's just out here for the taking. So, of course, the Mavs would have to figure out a way to get him over there. And I'm not sure they could do that while still holding on to Chris Stapps and not sure if they have enough valuable pieces. But just to give you an idea of a guy that they could use on this team, he would be ideal. 
But beyond that, they just need to get a few more pieces of to have guys that are interchangeable, that can shoot the three, can guard multiple positions and aren't just stuck in one role. Another guy that that would be extremely valuable is a Jeremy Grant. He's a better version of Dorian Finney-Smith. And if they can get a guy like that, they he also is a defender. They need to get more defenders on this team or guys that that are capable of defending um, multiple positions and able to defend guys that they're assigned to defend right off the bat in a game. Because this year they just weren't a great defensive team. Some of that can be attributed to being young. Some of that can be attributed to um, just not having guys that are defensive oriented. But getting a, a guy like that on the team, it would be very beneficial while also not losing much on the offensive end because he's a capable scorer. So they just need to pick up a few more interchangeable wings that can defend while also acquiring a third star or an all-star level um, guy that can come in and hopefully also be durable because moving forward, we just don't know what Chris Stapps is going to look like. You just really have no idea. I mean, at this point with two knee injuries, you just in the way he seemingly struggled or, or took a while to come back from, how long can you wait on him to get comfortable with his body again while also trying to compete in the West where you were seventh this year and you had to deal with, you know, coming, you know, all of this being new for a guy like Luca, who was only in his second year and Chris Stapps coming back from injury and then having new pieces and just trying to make this team gel. But getting another guy in there that that can hold down the fort, either from it being a load management night or just from a night to night basis of not having um, a guy like Chris Stapps. So getting someone else in there at, at an all star level, preferably in the backcourt with Luca, would be um very, very big. But give them credit today. They fought. Today was a great game to just see what you have for the future. This team has a lot of good pieces in place. They just need to get a few more guys that can do a few more things. And if they can do that, they should be right back into the thick of things. There's no reason why next year they can't push for maybe a four or five seed, depending on how the offseason goes and who they bring in. This team can still compete and they competed today. I mean, they brought it. They got it down to single digits because they started to make shots. Like I said, they couldn't make the three. And then at one point um, between late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they went four, six and three and they was within eight points. But then the Clippers, <laughs> they got the ball out of Luka Doncic's hand. They they were very they were very leery of trying to do that early in the series, but they didn't want to take any chances today. And they blitzed the pick and roll a lot of times. And even with him bringing the ball down, they just threw, brought two guys at him to get the ball out of his hands because he was just making way too much happen down the stretch. And they did not want a last second buzzer beater situation to be how they come out of this series. They wanted to close it um, immediately. So that was um, smart on their behalf, knowing the personnel that the, the Mavericks had on the floor. But nonetheless, they fought to the end. They just did not make shots. And as we say, you live by the three, you die by the three. And today, that was their that was their situation. Could not make shots and could not get enough stops off of those rebounds when they're in transition. So great season by the Mavs. Nothing to hang their head on. But um, going into this offseason, it will be interesting to see some of the turnover and how they view what their improvements should be. And I will be here to detail it all as I continue to cover the th cover this team throughout the offseason. And we'll come back and we'll talk about this and we'll see what the Mavs need to do. So stay tuned for all news Dallas Mavericks in this upcoming offseason.
Again, you can continue to follow us on Twitter at HoopBallMavs and also follow me at Twitter at LBSetIt. So again, my name is Lawrence. Thank you for tuning in. We will continue to cover this team and um, it's been fun. So let's keep it going, Mavs Nation. Thanks for listening, HoopBall listeners. I'll talk to you guys soon. This has been a HoopBall presentation.